who is Bhumi Agarwal? What is your story? Take us through your roots. Help us understand how has your journey been. Okay, uh, so first of all, thank you so much for inviting me and interviewing me. This is slightly overwhelming. But uh, so I've been born and brought up in Pune and most of my education, including CA, has been done in Pune. Uh, so only for my MBA, I had stayed uh, away from home for two years. Born and brought up in a joint family. And uh, so it's just like a normal Indian girl growing up in Pune, basically. Right, right. And Bhumi, you are a chartered accountant, right? A lot of people are not aware about this exam, especially the audience that we have outside India. This is one of the toughest exams that we have here. How did you prepare for it? And how has the journey been uh, during the preparation? What did you learn? And what did you enjoy the most uh, before clearing the exam, I will come to that part later. But before clearing the exam, how has it been for you? So, child accountancy in India is—it uh, is one of—it is a difficult exam, but it is—it is basically a measure of how hardworking you are rather than how intelligent you are. So, the Indian education system uh, sort of uh, emphasizes on learning and memorization. But that's because how laws, the, your tax laws in India are and those kind of things and which you need to sort of auditing and which you need to sort of remember. But uh, the thing is that the CA education is extremely practical. And uh, the thing is that we have this three-year articleship period during which whatever we learn is directly applied. So it's, it's very fun because suppose if when you clear your exams and you join an office and everybody starts calling you madam from the first day that you've joined and you get a lot of respect as an auditor which right. is very new for somebody who's just in college and you feel and you sort of understand the importance of the work that you're doing. Otherwise, uh, probably, you know, that is the most fun part of CA, that the practicality of it. And uh, the when you start office, you are not aware of how corporate life works and you're sort of molded into that. And your sirs, your, uh, the sirs who are teaching you or mentoring you are more invested in your journey and, you know, like to make you sort of clear, they help you clear the exams, they want you to learn and those kind of sort of things. And it's also slightly, uh, you know, they are uh, we are the sort of uh, assistants that are available to them at lower cost. So for them also, it's like a win-win situation because we, are, we also need to learn and they also need help with their work. Right. So, there are so many students out there in India who are attempting this exam every year, but some do not uh, clear it. They're not able to clear it. And then they experience uh, disappointment, rejection. It's quite overwhelming for them. What would you tell them? What should they really hold on to and focus upon and not feel demotivated with this? So uh, the thing is, in child accountancy, there are rank holders, there are the merit holders, which are who are truly like, you know, very intelligent and extremely hardworking. And that is a separate class of students, basically. Right. But in case if you're looking at, say, clearing the exams, which say a decent amount of understanding, for that you have to uh, get the right guides. So whatever your professors are telling you in classes, you listen to how much of the syllabus that you have to cover. So the thing is, the syllabus is really wide mm -hmm. and you, you need to know what to focus on. And the sad part about this exam is that many people get stuck in attempts. So once you start giving a lot of attempts, you sort of start losing motivation. So right. even before the exam, you sort of lose out in your own head. And that's the worst uh, part about this exam. 
and the thing is that it is a, i mean you know uh, failure is not you've not experienced failure till that time so this is the first time you face failure at a very young age and then it becomes very difficult to cope up with that situation so added to the pressure of your studying this is the added pressure that you have that you know i don't want to give this attempt again right so and uh, for me like i want everyone to sort of understand and learn this from one ex- one from one thing from my experience would be that i made it a very life and death situation it was like only if i do ca yeah. will i be worth something in my life and this is like the ultimate thing that i need to achieve but once you do it you sort of realize that you gave it a lot more importance than you're supposed to give it so you know there are people who have not cleared and who have succeeded and there are people who have cleared who are still struggling so it's basically this it's not something that you do it and then it's like very perfect and everything ahead it looks very rosy mm-hmm. so you will sort of have to understand that the learning that you get from it is more important than the uh, than the mark sheet or the entire the uh so to figure that you get out of it right right but as we know that in india the culture is very different there are uh, judgments and opinions coming from all sides and this adds to everything right this adds to the whole situation if people are experiencing this on the personal front be it on uh, be it uh, something coming from their friends something coming from the family and it adds to the whole pressure how would you help them deal with this how did you deal with it when there was something going on like this in your life at that point of time okay uh, so for me basically my family was very supportive about the thing that uh, you know my mom was like we definitely not going to get you married till you complete your child accountancy so sort of lot of girls under that pressure that they are not allowed to give multiple attempts because they of the fear of getting married so in that sense to have a family that is not adding to your pressure of passing the exams is of course very helpful Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that ca is a course which is uh, which is a very high return on investment so the investment that you're actually putting in is very low compared to the returns that you get so you qualify at the age of say 21 or 22 mm-hmm. and you the salaries that you're earning are very high compared to the cost that you put in in that education yeah. plus it's very well respected the program okay. plus it's not other a variety of jobs open for you after clearing the exam Right. so and it is a uh, so see suppose if you coming from a slightly lower economic background this is one course that if you work hard you will definitely it's a definite way out of uh, out of that income group to a higher income group so right. that is a very good part of this exam uh, about this course because there's no such thing as donations mm-hmm. uh, there's no such thing as uh, uh, quota uh, reservation so because of all these things everyone gets a fair chance and it's based completely on merit so right. somebody who is who is able to sort of and plus you're earning your, during your articleship as well right. so somebody who is able to like sort of keep a, a straight head about it and you know able to work really hard for those few months where it's required like just before your exams they are the persons who really get through right. and you know you uh, once you understand that this education is so practical mm-hmm. that that is uh, you know uh, you don't need any additional training after completing ca before getting into a job so right. that sort of translates into a very uh, good uh, job opportunity so i think that is the way if you look at it like that and if you look at it from the learning point of view rather than only the degree point of view then it's a very strong learning in that aspect right and i have friends who are settled abroad with this degree and uh, they're doing really well for themselves so because you have your big four auditing companies that are across the world yes. so you have job opportunities that are across uh, acro- uh, that are available across the world 
so that's sort of you know there's a lot of there's a wide range of options available yes absolutely and what skills do you think really uh, would help the students aspiring candidates for this uh, profession stand out so one thing is to have this peace of mind i think that really helps because the thing is that there's so much of negativity around especially from people who don't clear yeah. uh, saying that you know you're definitely not going to make it through this exam it's very difficult you're going to you know so there are people saying that you lose out in your youth giving these exams and things like that so which adds to a lot of fear and once you're sort of able to get over that a little bit i think that you know that peace of mind and that calm helps a lot and this is like this the most wide misconception about cas is that they have to be really good in maths or you have to score really well in your 10th standard or you have to score really well in your 12th standard you've had i've known i know people who become child accountants with very low grades and also who have not become with very high grades mm-hmm. so it's really you know there's no correlation like that if you're willing to work hard at that point of time and to develop an interest in commerce in general that really helped and the thing is up to one interesting thing which i found through ca was i was able to understand a lot of finance terms which i was earlier not privy to at all yes. so it's just, it's a lot of jargon for somebody who doesn't know but <laughs> when you're hearing it in and out day in day out you're able to understand business news and finance news very easily which is really you know a very big benefit and you sort of start feeling smarter once you're going through that that's very interesting actually mm-hmm. and uh, talking about your family your roots growing up in a joint family how has that been for you what are some of the things that you would say that have really shaped you into the individual you are today and how having a strong support system back home really helps so uh, it's it's very nice to grow up in a joint family and i did not know that it's a very rare thing so growing up i thought everybody has that support system and everybody has that family around them so for me i really learned that afterwards that okay it's a very big thing to grow up in a joint family so uh, but the thing is that uh, at different points different people in the house stand up for you so yeah. that's a very interesting aspect so there are some things which only one person in the family understands there is something that the other person understands so when the adults are able to explain to each other and sort of and they stand up for you at various times that helps you because uh, at different points you have different people talking for you and you don't need to really you know get into that whole discussion plus festivals and all those things are really a lot of fun and everybody's nature even though so we are 15 people living together everybody's nature is different and you sort of understand at a young age how to deal with who like what kind of you know how to get what you want from whichever person based on their nature so that really helps and then plus because then the extended family starts getting a little bigger so we have a lot of guests coming home and that sort of a thing so you get to meet a wide variety of people like that so say when i was doing child accountancy we knew people uh, like my didis and bhaiyas and you know from different different people had different different contacts and i could get in touch with them and ask them okay so now how do i go about this so your network comes a lot bigger because of the family uh, that you have right so, right and would you say that this helps uh, people to become more socially interactive yeah so it's very strange because i have cousins who are staying with me who are introverts and then there's uh, then there are people who are extroverts as well so it's not that we've grown up in the same family setting so even though we are very talkative amongst each other there's right. still like one of my cousins who is an introvert and very shy in front of outsiders still mm-hmm. even though like in, so it's it it uh, sort of i think enhances what you are internally mm-hmm. rather than you know it doesn't 
I mean, of course, it helps in understanding people's nature. So it's like, uh, you know, you're sort of able to judge a person slightly more easy and you're a little more able to compromise. Because since you've seen it growing up, so you feel that, okay, yeah, people can be different. People can have different opinions and, you know, you can still like them. Mm-hmm. So that way, yeah, that way it helps. Right. And whom do you regard the most? Who inspires you the most in your family? In my family, it would have to be, I think, my grandparents. So both of them, so my grandmother is no longer with us. But so my grandfather was lucky enough to still be living with him, basically. But so these are uh, two people who sort of kept the entire house together and they've seen like uh, marriages and then kids and then the fights and everything. And then they've just sort of stood through it all and they've taken everyone's, you know, opinions and they've still sort of managed to keep peaceful. And so for them, uh, I think, and plus uh, as grandkids, uh, the thing is that there's a lot of unconditional love, which doesn't come from parents, which comes from grandparents. So that part of it is really nice. And there are some times when you feel that your parents, uh, you expect your parents to be a little open-minded, but your grandparents surprise you by being even more open-minded. Yes. yes. So, you know, that is a very, that aspect of it is something which is just amazing. Right. I think grandparents would have to be like the biggest blessings that anyone could have. I can totally relate with this. I miss my grandmother the most. And you are right. Like sometimes they just turn out to be very open-minded, more liberal than our own parents. And it's just very different. Yeah, yeah. And And they have a lot of time on their hands, which your parents don't necessarily have. So they are sort of shaping you into the people you are. Your parents are busy with their work, but grandparents are slightly more free and, you know, able to devote their time. Right, right. Now, Bhumi, tell us about your blog, Candor and Humor. What is it all about? And what do you really feel like putting out there through that blog? What do you intend to uh, communicate with the world via your blog? Okay. So uh, everyone has a story, I think, in terms of what they are, in terms of what influenced them the most. So everyone has different er- different things or people who've influenced them, which shaped them to be the people who they are. Mm-hmm. So for me, my school has been a very major factor in like sort of uh, making me the person I am today. And I would like, you know, give a lot of credit to my principal who we called Adi. And she was way ahead of her times in terms of the kind of uh, schooling that we got in terms of the kind of strategies that she adopted. Mm-hmm. And this was like, say, uh, about 12 years ago when, you know, when I was just graduating out of school. So even then, like the, there, there were some things that she had, which, which are not even available to children today. So I think those are stories that people that I want to tell uh, about those. So they're basically real life stories. A lot of them have to do with my schooling. And, you know, what are the kind of things that we had in school and uh, what was the most, what, what is so interesting about education and how that can really be used to uh, shape our uh, country. So Right. And how was the school different? Because in India, if we talk about schools, it's a very different framework here. How would you define yeah. your school's environment and how do you find it different from the rest? Uh, okay, so there were a lot of aspects to it. So basically, it was uh, living in India, teaching you about India in the most practical way possible. So, uh, so we celebrated all festivals in school, like across religions. 
then we had students who had physical dis disabilities studying with us so we never looked at them differently yeah. for us they were like similar students so how we tease each other we would tease them too so they had a very normal childhood which every child should have irrespective of the disabilities yeah. uh, then we had elections in school that is in fact what I, my next blog is about mm -hmm. so about the democratic process in india and how uh, we used it to elect a prefect in school yeah. Uh, then our teachers, we used to not call them ma'am, we used to call them by the Indian names, so say Didi, Tai, Akka, so based on various religion, uh, based on various languages, how you address your elders, that's how we address them. So it was a very, uh, it was a very beautiful mix of uh, our culture instilled into our education. So like for example, uh, so one very sad incident actually took place in school when one of uh, one student committed suicide. And my principal was very hurt by this, saying that, you know, she, she said that our school is so open and our teachers are so approachable. So mm. how did this happen? Mm. So she actually had to undergo counseling at that time. And she discussed this entire process with the entire school. So she was telling us that, you know, I'm very deeply dis disturbed by this and I had to undergo counseling. And then she understood that maybe these are things that we're not talking about in school. And then she said, even if you're feeling a little not okay, it is, and you, you don't have any physical pain, but emotionally you're not okay, still we are available even if your parents are not there we are available and then the counselor told her this which she told all of us that uh, on the roads you build signals and you make make sure that you know every precaution is taken you have your seat belts and everything but still accidents happen when they have to happen accidents happen so as though the counselor told her that as a principal you've taken all the precautions available but still if a student uh, decides to do something which is beyond your control then at that point you have to not blame yourself but still see what additional things you can do uh, so then and then we had our practical visits like we were taken to the jail we were taken to a, a rehabilitation center uh, we were taken to uh, orphanages blind schools and old age homes so this was to show us at a young age what realities are outside of school so you're not living in that bubble or you're not living in your books the entire time and you sort of are more exposed to uh, you know the outside world and you develop empathy at a younger age so say when you see grandparents in an old age home, I think it somewhere instills in you that idea that, you know, okay, so it's not a very happy existence, might not be a very happy existence out there. Mm -hmm. So you know how you are responsible for taking care of aging parents or aging grandparents or then rehabilitation center in terms of if you want to still, if you want to get into any, use any kind of alcohol or drugs or things like that, what are the consequences if you do it in excess? Or in orphanages, like uh, we met this lady who had gotten pregnant at a young age. So she told us about her entire experience and then you sort of understand that. So they never told us that don't do drugs, don't do alcohol or don't get, you no know, teenage pregnancy is not okay. Mm -hmm. But they sort of showed us what the consequences of those actions will be. So then you sort of try to take those decisions by yourself and that it was not a preachy school. It was something right. that was more practical and that stays with you even after so many years of moving out of school. Absolutely. This is very unconventional and unheard of in India, especially getting exposed to the ground realities at such a young age. Yes. It's really, really nice. And would you say that this is where your inspiration comes from for becoming an educator in the times to come? Yeah, so this is actually something that I've really wanted to do since I, when I, since I started doing my MBA. And it still hasn't materialized uh, into, I've not still decided how to execute it, but it's a very strong idea that I have that how education can sort of change 
a lot of things what we a lot of problems that we currently face in society today and how uh, you need you need students who are happier and you know more you know sort of have strong self esteem a more uh, understanding rather than you know are more focused on understanding rather than learning are able to handle failures when they come so you know that kind of resilience we need to build that you know in, in the wake of say student suicides or over marks or you know or uh, the kind of depression that youngsters are facing or substance abuse at a young age or you know these kind of things how do we you know sort of uh, help them come out of so that they don't get into these issues in the first place like right. the reason why i would get into the education industry is because i feel that the our approach to education changed slightly from what it is being what it is currently and the thing is that it's not seen a change in a very long time so uh, you know and there are some things like say uh, the delhi government that introduced this happiness program in schools and that sort of a thing when it sort of comes into your main course curriculum it changes a lot of things in the long term So there are so many things I'm realizing about my school today. That is, after like say about twelve years after getting out of school, I'm realizing so many things. So that long-lasting impact which your primary and secondary education do to you, I think that is really important, which uh, students need to sort of get at a younger age, and that will I think prevent a lot of your current uh, student suicide over marks or your substance abuse problems among youngsters or uh, unwanted uh, pregnancies or just basic that your depression, anxiety. those kind of things which surround education primarily mm-hmm. and you know that uh, self esteem feeling of low self worth because of you know your grades or things like that how we want to sort of shift the focus from learning to understanding more than you know just uh, your textbook learning to mm-hmm. a real real life understanding and how it can be applied going forward right right and considering the times that we are in right now with covid 19 social distancing lockdown how would you approach the subject of education how would you approach this particular uh, challenge i would say of educating people educating students out there and helping them understand uh, the core fundamentals of uh, various subjects that we have uh so on a very like a small scale i started like these two children who were coming to me from my society itself and i was teaching them and that's when i sort of realized it's very difficult to capture and keep attention of students so especially for something like you know which is beyond their uh, your normal syllabus mm-hmm. so for that i'm still sort of understanding a way on how to engage them through online interactions yes. because in case because a lot of my active a lot of my teaching was around activity based learning a lot of the programs that i designed just before covid started was based around activities so i'm still a little unsure on how to tread this in these times and i'm still working around how should i go about it but uh, primarily when you keep it to a an in uh, through a an online session it has to be something that they really want to participate in and not something that is forced by their parents so it has to be really engaging for you to keep their attention of those many children especially not in a classroom setting mm-hmm. so when each one of them has their own devices so i'm still sort of figuring out how should i you know exactly engage them in that day Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right 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 and how is this uh, situation affecting you personally because this is something we have never experienced before like it's been uh, what 27 28 years on this planet but we have not seen anything like this before how are you personally observing a change in your life and how are you looking at it 
so for me this is the first time i've had a real break in like so many in like i think in so many years because every time there was the next step you know like you get out of school then you go to your you do your 11 12 then you go to your graduation your professional course then you do a job and then i post graduation so everything had this strict you know uh, process that need to be followed and luckily or unluckily i quit my job in november and uh, start my own venture in uh, in pune and the thing is that the timing was such that we i was extremely unprepared for a situation like this because it was right. like i thought it was supposed to be an activity based learning and you know things like that right. so i'm i was still sort of you know grappling with the situation like how to handle it but then because of this uh, you know the whole like so when i spoke to my father he sort of changed my entire perspective in terms of this is the first real break that you've gotten so you can just sort of cut yourself some stack and you know be a little more relaxed and you know break away from the routine yeah. that's what's been happening so it's a little more of reading writing and that's when my blog started so you know thankfully i got time to do that then you know exercising and just you know uh, like spending time with your family cooking i think a lot of these interests which i had not you know done full like in a good way all through uh, you know so many years uh, i finally getting that chance so it's a sort of you know some days are really good some days i'm like no i really i would have liked to still stay in my job and so it's like a mix between them and then plus i'm still working out around how to get the education idea really you know uh, in place and how to sort of launch that so yeah that's how this affects right right and a lot of people do not know that bhumi is also a marathon runner now <laughs> when we can't be on the road how are you adjusting with this uh, new reality so i'm actually very happy to not be running now very truthfully because running requires a lot of discipline in terms of getting up in the morning and those kind of things so my last real training was for my half marathon which took place last october and so after that it was i we were training again i was supposed to be training for another half marathon uh, but now i'm since we just sort of stuck at home we're exercising at home so i'm can't wait to get back into running now again but that break from running has also actually proven to be really nice because you know you can get up at your own time and your own pace and plus that uh, that you know there's this whole lot of excitement but there's a lot of preparation that goes into a marathon that's coming up right so yeah that is sort of and i'm not uh, i'll really like there are people who are doing marathons at home and i don't like i don't see myself doing that so regularly like sort of exercising your strength based training at home yeah, that's what's going on now and what has been the longest uh, run for you my uh, my longest has been the half marathon which is uh, 21 i've done the 21 kilometer run wow. yeah wow. that has been the longest marathon i've taken part in Nice. nice and now bhumi what is your message for the people for the global community i would say because uh, again considering the times that we are in it's very important to have a dialogue with each other to help each other grapple with this challenge because it's fairly new and everyone is trying to do their part what would your message be for people out there so one of my biggest messages since i've seen so much and read so much of so many incidents would be just to be kind i think that is really the need like you know because everyone is sort of struggling and everybody has their own story and we can't be the reason to add to that misery so this is something which i was it was something it's very cliched 
but it's very sad because it's still not being followed you know completely so you know any remark here or there you never know how it could affect somebody else mm-hmm. and when you're being kind the thing is that you sort of uh, you know imbibe those actions so you as like that are you able to develop that sort of empathy even say for your uh, the your domestic help is working at home you sort of understand you know through this crisis when you've been doing all of that work at home you sort of develop that empathy that okay you know how work is difficult more difficult than how it is how it's looking to us you know mm-hmm. you sort of that this time if you use it for self introspection you sort of understand some things about yourself that you were judgmental about earlier you had some prejudices right. so how you how can you get over them so i think that would be one very major and plus for me meditation is something which i've just recently sort of read about and gotten into a little more so i think that has been helping me so probably if you know you start that i think that helps a lot i think it's time to be kind and meditate <laughs> right and bhumi there's this one last thing i would want uh, to know from you how do you look at communicating with people why is it important according to you to tell the right story about yourself with any new person you meet out there uh so the thing is that if you when you read or when you hear stories they stay with you much longer than you know any other format and because they are so personal to you and you experience them that's the reason a lot of the truth comes out and sort of connects to the other person very instantly and you have those emotions that are very raw at that moment and it's sort of when you're telling it you're sort of living it again and that experience that when you when you when you share that with somebody else and if they're going through the same thing or if they know somebody is going through the same thing it really helps and plus if it's bringing a smile to somebody's face or you know if they're just learning about something new or you know it can be a very small thing uh, it might be, not be a very big thing for you but for them it could be really big right. so you know it's just a very small effort on your part but when you put out those stories it it helps people in ways you might never know you might not realize so like on my blog also i have people reaching out to me from different parts and who are sort of just texting me or writing comments on my blog people who i would have never met or spoken to otherwise and i did not think that anybody would be interested so when i started writing it was primarily for myself and still i'm still very new to the whole process but it's still a lot of that love and affection that i've received for those blogs has really helped you know keep up the motivation to keep writing more and you know keep you remembering a lot of your past stories so i think yeah that way communicating that's why it's like really important and where can people find your uh, blog so my blog is there on wordpress and there are uh, very few articles on it as of now i'm just sort of trying to get a little more regular with them because there are so many stories that once i start writing that have been coming to me like and you know i've sort of been noting them down and sort of in the process of uh, writing them down little more better so it's little easier for the people to uh, for people to read them right right and are you promoting your blogs on social media as well so that people can uh, get an insight into it were very no, active on social media because these days people uh, are using social media very very uh, actively extensively yeah no so i'm not promoting it very actively but it is something like whenever i write a blog i just put it out as an insta story mm-hmm. but it's not something which is very you know i'm actively promoting it in that sense yeah. right right so i think uh, people can find you on instagram right uh, yeah yeah bhumi agarwal 
Bhumi Agarwal, right? And they can connect with you. They can speak. Definitely, with you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it has been- this initiative is also actually very nice what you've started and you know it's sort of because there are so many things that I was feeling what what will I share and what will my story be worth and you know who would want to know so I think this sort of makes you feel very important and you know that that whole the, this whole part of making sharing ordinary you know stories is you know it really helps because when you listen to other people you really like listening to those as well absolutely so, yeah. and to everyone who is listening to our uh, conversation right now, I would like to let them know that Bhumi is one of my closest friends <laughs> and we are friends since childhood. She has inspired me in so many ways that she herself doesn't understand and is unaware of. And uh, she's too hesitant to take the credit for anything. But I think uh, I wanted to uh, tell this to everyone right here on this platform that there are so many elements in her personality that have personally influenced me and affected me, shaped me into the person I am today. And I'm really grateful that I have someone like her in my life. And this is the reason why I wanted her to be there on the story bar today in this series of conversations storied with Garima and to tell everyone who she is, what she believes in and where is she coming from and where does she intend to go. Thank you so much Bhumi for joining me today. It was absolutely wonderful hosting you. Thank you so much. Seeing you as like the host and doing it with so many other people. And it's obviously, it's a very big uh, thing to have, you know, somebody like you as well in my life. And even you have no idea the kind of, you know, the random rambling or the late night calls that we have, how much they help me as well. So yeah, it's been like a very fun journey till now and fun trips till now. And many more after this uh, situation sort of calms down. Yes, yes.